0: It's six minutes after eight. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Forum at Eight if you've just joined us. If you've been with us all morning, thanks for staying with us. Now in 1994, South Africa emerged into a democracy coming from a past filled with pain, trauma and uh, those conditions which continue to haunt this nation to this very days, years after the brutal system of apartheid was abolished. Recently, President Jacob Zuma said that we are a sick nation and others have called us broken before. Now during the the memorial service of the Mozambican who died at the hands of South Africans uh, last uh, in the last couple of weeks in Alexandra, uh, Grasa Machel said that the soul of the nation needs a deep search of what we have to do to heal. So on the forum at 8 this morning, we ask, what will it take to heal this beautiful nation? And we will start the forum with a clip of Grasa Machel talking about how our communities need healing.
1: We need to begin to acknowledge that we are a tortured soul, the soul of the nation needs a deep search of what we have to do to heal and to heal ourselves as a South African society.
0: So what are your thoughts on this? Uh, what do we need to do? What will it take to heal the South African nation? 891 nine one-104208 is the number to dial. You can also SMS us on 34701 or tweet or Facebook your responses to AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. And joining us for this discussion, Pumla uh, Koboto Matigizela, who is Senior Research Professor in Trauma, Memory and Forgiveness at the University of the Free State. Prof, thanks so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Sakina. Now, Prof, if we look at, you know, the nation that we are, South Africa, how does a nation that's emerging from such a violent, racially divided, traumatic past as ours address those issues uh, that have caused such deep divisions in our society?
2: The starting point uh, that puts forward the notion of a, 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 a soul that needs healing is a very important one. You yourself began by um, uh, looking back at 1994 when we had our uh, the ushering in of our democracy. And those years were very important, I think, in terms of the discussion this morning, because then we, we we had a story to tell about ourselves, about ourselves as a country, um, and, and a story that really spoke to the ideas of justice, equality, and democracy. And these notions were represented by no more than the figures of Nelson Mandela, Archbishop Tutu, who represented for us the landscape of our country at the time which uh, embraced a sense of social solidarity that is the first thing that is important in a country that needs to heal a sense building a sense of solidarity now over the years uh, since 1994 this sense of solidarity has has, has disappeared or dissipated And and what we find now in our country is that that there's outrage. There's outrage within communities that are in need of restoration. The promise of the freedom that came with 1994 is not a reality. And what we have witnessed is a a different kind of violence. There's a violence that you see in the streets, but there's also the violence in the way that leaders uh, uh, manage the country the way that they manage themselves, the sense of corruption, the, 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 the sense of excess and consumerism, that is the violence that is represented at the level of leadership. And people are bleeding. People are in pain. And when they witness the, the, the disruption and, 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 and the chaos at the level of leadership on all parties, leading party as well as opposition parties, that is modeling a soul that is broken. And, and, and I think that that is also very much at the center of what is going on, the chaos that is going on in our communities. And, and that, to heal that, we need to correct that, that, uh, that modeling at the top.
0: But, but how do we go about doing that? Because, you know, the more we speak about it, the more complex it sounds. Because what should be more important at this stage? Should it be justice or should it be healing? Or do the two go hand in hand?
2: You cannot, there is no one single way that we can uh, approach uh, resolving these issues. It is very complex, absolutely correct. Now, the first thing that is important in all of this is how to restore communities. We, we, We come from... A very violent history in our country, in all our so in all our communities, black and white and all colours, we have experienced. We have a history of violence. Added to that, we have a history of poverty in the majority of our population in South Africa. People who uh, entered into the phase of freedom and democracy entered it from an experience of extreme de- deprivation that deprivation has not changed instead people have been pulled down to the doldrums of real poverty in some communities we saw during the 27th uh, the celebration of freedom the 27th of april many communities said that things are worse now whether that is true or not what we witness in in, on, on television and in the street is that people are feeling the pain nothing has changed in their lives Freedom has not been a reality for them. So the sense of humiliation, of deep humiliation, that while we are speaking about transformation and freedom and democracy, this is not a reality for the majority of our people. So this deep sense of humiliation, the the, the everyday experience of violence, uh, in terms of unemployment, meaninglessness of life, worthlessness, people who have to go to to, 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 the, to toilets that are broken, all of this affects people's sense of identity. When this affects whole of communities, people feel a sense of deep brokenness, and they need to resolve that. And the way that people often try to escape this pain of humiliation is by taking action, engaging in violence, because violence has become... The language that people understand or the language that people have in terms of expre- ex- expression, their, their needs and frustrations and taking it out on others who are perceived as outsiders is the way that we have witnessed in this country.
0: Mm, but, but, but again, you know, if, if you were advising government, Prof, where should they start in addressing all of these issues that you have highlighted? The first, one of the
2: first things that needs to happen is paying attention to the issue of humiliation of communities. These are, these are not individual stories. They are whole communities. So for instance young people today, the majority of young people today face a sense of worthlessness of life. If you take for example young men who are experiencing the lack of meaning of what manhood is about. They come into the the age of adulthood and they they feel that they are supposed to to embrace this notion of manhood. And when they come to realize that they have no power to realize this manhood, they have no jobs, jobs are most important in terms of recognizing one's sense of identity. Now, if they don't have that then they feel a sense of worthlessness. When we saw on television and on our newspapers the faces of the young men who stabbed the Mozambican men, if you look at that, you have to ask the question, why is it that these people have no sense of shame, has no sense of responsibility for the consequences of their action? You have to really dig deep into what is it that is happening to these young men who can commit violence in broad daylight without any sense of shame. It seems to me that what is needed is to address the question of how to build a meaningful sense of identity for these young people. The first step, of course, is to give them skills, whether via education or via training. That is one of the most important things. Black people have been excluded from opportunities during apartheid. They are today experiencing the same exclusion from opportunities because they have no skill. They have no skills. They have no education. They cannot compete in this freedom that we all embrace and we all praise South Africa for. So that is the first step improve people's lives, give them opportunities, give them education that open up the doors of of opportunity for them. Poverty in these communities is visible. You can see young people standing around loitering, you know, because they have no sense of what to do with their lives. They wake up every morning to this yawning void of emptiness and worthlessness. If they don't have worthlessness within their own lives, they cannot bestow worth on others. And this is why it's so easy to destroy. So the starting point is give their lives a sense of meaning. How to do that, of course, requires a conversation. The first step is education, giving people skills. But then we need to have a conversation about what, how do we best bestow meaning and sense of worth to people whose lives seem to mean nothing.
0: And of course, you are free to join in the conversation as well. This morning, we are asking the question, what will it take to heal our nation? And we're in conversation with Professor Pumla Koboto Madigizela, a senior research professor in trauma, memory and forgiveness at the University of the Free State. So what are your views on this matter? Joe, you calling from Durban. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Takina. You you know, I view South Africa as a big hospital, uh, you know, in uh, Southern Africa, where a patient is trying to treat a patient. And, uh, you know, it's uh, a massive chaos happening inside, and uh, that is what is happening. Why I say so? The president himself, he doesn't know the power of his speeches. When he stands up to make a joke about uh, 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 countries in the north, they are roads and all that. It's like he doesn't even understand the history of Africa. He doesn't even know why we landed where we are. And uh, when these things happen like xenophobia and that, he gets like surprised. He also doesn't know what's happening. You know, the power of uh, 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 the message that he gives out to the nation. It's unfortunate that we have yet to have people who have been in the struggle to be our leaders. But uh, it's truly supposed to be like that. Okay then... it's like that, yeah while it's like that, I think they need to find neutral people to advise them, like even get someone from outside who is neutral in the country to give them advice say to so how to take the country forward. I think that is a good solution solution, and as far as South Africa is concerned, because none of us has been leaders before, none of us have been presidents before. and now we've got a president who actually doesn't know what effect is what can do to any 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 person when he's talking.
0: All right, that's Joe in Durban. KGM, you're calling from Cape Town. Good morning.
3: Good morning, Sakina. Good morning to your guest. Sakina.
0: Morning.
2: What,
3: what, what your guest is talking about is neither here nor there. We we repeat these things. We call them different terms. But look, there's nothing that is going to heal the nation other than the truth. We are such liars. You know, In in, in agreement with the previous caller in terms of us being... A, a hospital uh, with with patients uh, trying to heal others. It's it's exactly that. How do we expect to heal? How do we expect to move to any direction whatsoever as a nation when we keep on 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 streaming in life the way we are? The the only thing that that we failed to do, and we seem not to be learning from that, which could have happened, should have happened at Codesa, was to be honest about the reasons why we are where we are. Now, we have people who, obviously, are beneficiaries of the system, who protect the system, this rotten system, at all costs. Can, can we have challenges, Sagina, to the powers that be? Let them come forth and say the reason why we are in this position is because of these agreements that we only see the front and the last pages of the, of the deals. And we never get to know the, the, the actual content of what these agreements that's, mean. That's, that's it. We don't need all of these psychologies and all of these indoctrinated people can come on air and say whatever they want to say. The truth will always, the chickens will come home to roost. And, and I'm not condoning things like xenophobia and the likes. But people will not reason on an empty stomach. Can they read that? People will not reason on an empty stomach.
0: That's it. Okay, and, and and before you go, what about uh, the responsibility, KGM? And maybe others can answer this question as well. What about the responsibility of us, uh, the, the, the electorate, ordinary South Africans? What responsibility do we have to shoulder in order to fix this problem? I mean, there are so many questions that arise. And um, Professor, uh, in uh, as you respond to that, you also spoke about this issue of having conversations. But people will say we've been having conversations. Comp- uh, conversations forever in a day. What is that supposed to yield? What sort of conversations do we now need to have that we haven't had already?
2: I think this gentleman, uh, the, the, the the previous caller, is absolutely right. I mean, he's alluding to um, what's missing in our democracy, what's missing in um, this achievement that we've had of a uh, negotiated settlement, and what's missing, I would say, is that uh, we, we didn't attend to the issue of economic justice, and that is a reality. I mean, he speaks about how people uh, cannot engage, uh, you know, in meaningful dialogue with empty stomachs. That, 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 you know, that image of empty stomachs is a very powerful one because that really is what is at the heart of the matter. You know, there, there's several issues, of course. One is that, which is that people's lives have not changed. I mean, I know this from many people who came to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. After the commission, there was a sense of relief. People felt that their voices had been heard. You know, they, they, they were, their pain was recognized You know, and acknowledged by the nation, in fact, by the world, by coming before the commission and telling their stories. And then they went back home, and, and over the the years uh, subsequent to their testimonies, they realized that in actual fact nothing has changed. So there needed to be uh, a, a, another process that addressed this issue. Now, the commission uh, had made recommendations for reparations, but is that enough? My answer would be that it isn't, because the reparations were, 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 were designed to go to people who had come to the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, and yet there were millions of people who did not come to the commission whose lives remained at the level of depravity and in, in many cases became worse over the years. That is the issue that I think that uh, requires address or redress.
0: This morning on The Forum at 8, we are asking, what will it take to heal the South African nation. And let me just run through a few of your messages here. Um, uh, Sandy Lekawane says, it w- it's very easy, actually. Quality education and decent jobs will go a long way. Uh, then uh, Kulu SD saying, uh, South Africa's rust reconciliation post-94 and a fallacy of a rainbow nation without addressing the trauma of apartheid is basically what landed us here. And then Spiwe Keswa says, Anger and violence is not a sickness but a temporary behavior. The diagnosis of this problem must come from what and why being the answers. Then uh, Ayanda Butelezi says eight to ten years uh, of eight to ten percent of GDP growth in South Africa will be fine. Jacques Cupido uh, concurs with that somewhat saying what we need is socioeconomic justice. But then, you know, again, what does that mean? Socioeconomic justice. What form will it take? What needs to be done in that regard? Putiteka says our people resort to the twelfth official language called violence whenever they want to send a strong message to government. And Josh Speak says, I'm listening to the prophet. I agree 100% with her, uh, wrote the same things about my journey to uh, finding a resolution. Gig says, for me, it's a question of leadership in the country. Why have leadership that doesn't inspire confidence? And as Kelo says, uh, we need to rid our minds of this sense of entitlement. The country is in turmoil because people feel that they are owed something. Those are some of the responses coming through to the question. What will it take to heal our nation? Let's go to uh, Mondly in Mpangeni. Good morning.
4: Morning, Shakina. Hi, Mondly. Yes, uh, sir. The only thing that can heal our 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 nation it's a proper education. And now, like if, if you can take in, for example, like in Zimbabwe, most of the Zimbabweans, they are truck drivers in South Africa, and they can also be become the mechanics of those trucks. So, like, if we can have that such of uh, such a type of education, we can go further. Even if someone doesn't have a job, but like, he can get something.
0: Okay, thanks so much, Mondly. Victor and KZN, what will it take to heal our nation? Uh,
3: Morning, Sakina. For me, what can heal our nation is that if our people, I mean, uh, I mean, can have their dignity, I mean, uh, restored. Because Professor I heard Professor I mean uh, articulating some of the things uh, that I mean have humiliated our people. I mean he spoke, uh, I mean highlighting a sense of humiliation. We, we need to restore human dignity of our people by addressing issues of justice so the, uh, our government has a moral responsibility to address those issues of justice uh, professor has highlighted in his conversation with you
0: okay thanks victor kolani m tata good morning
3: i think the two things that i haven't had which maybe needs to be looked at is parenting we the parents at the moment i think they don't have control of their own kids we talk about the youth struggling or doing funny things then it means there's something back at home if we look at that and then of course the other one says when the head is not right the entire body will never be fine so if we look at the leadership those who are in charge do they have a vision do they really know exactly what south africa needs if then those people don't, then they need to be removed. Then we put people that know exactly what South Africa needs.
0: Thanks so much, Colani. junior you're in Parktown. Good morning.
3: Um,
4: s- s- sending kids to school and expecting teachers to teach them uh, proper behavior is incorrect. Parenting is important, um, like the previous caller just said. Uh, secondly, we are to blame. We are our own enemies. We can't expect politicians to sort our lives out. They're sort in their deep black pockets. And we need to be aware that the ANC is not the future of this country. By the way, I'm 100% South African. The last point is that Angola had um, civil war for 30 years. Angolans are not violent at all. Some were born in 1975 with bombs uh, um, popping up left and center. Today, they're not violent. Please. It cannot be, taught, uh, be only reminded as um, a sense of dignity. Again, if you're talking about these kids who are killing people left, right, the and center, they are all under 40. If you're looking at someone like me and yourselves, I um, 40 and above, I would understand the sense of dignity. It's not dignity. Uh, missing parenting, etc. cetera, is part of the pro- bigger program.
0: Okay. Thank you, Thank you so much, uh, J.R. In Parkshan. This morning we are asking, what will it take... To heal our nation, and the line still open on 0891104208. Let me read through some of the Facebook comments coming through. Andrea's gift, Andreki says, uh, "Yes, we are a broken nation indeed, waiting for government to deliver, but everything seems to be sick." Nkosi Tumisani Etwa says, "We had raised our hopes so high when we thought freedom would facilitate transformation, and uh, that that would bring economic freedom and uh, democratically sharing of resources. Unfortunately, our." government government has not yet lived up to our expectations. Another Dumisane, Tumisane Dukes Mukwena says, uh, the best way would be to have open-minded, charismatic, visionary, Afrocentric and academic leaders in all departments. For example, we need a minister of police to be someone who studied criminology or policing. Nosipho Masilela says, it's too late to heal the nation now. Uh, that's something we should have embarked on shortly after we won our freedom. Uh, Stembile Zulu Kavilane says, uh, poverty and high rate of unemployment are the causes. As long as people can't share in the economy of South Africa, uh, the country will continue to worsen. And then Mohammed Slope says, current uh, corruption by our leaders has to come to an end, and then we will be fine, which is something uh, that uh, Claire in PE concurs with. Claire says, economic justice begins with stopping corruption and theft on a massive scale by our public servants to entrepreneurs and politicians. And uh, just a few quick uh, SMSs here. G in Limpopo says a genuine, caring leadership. That's what we need. Uh, Matibe says the other remedy um, for a cure in our country is to balance reporting of positive and negative issues by the media and the opposition parties alike. Uh, Pimelo Sediti in Khalishiwe says to heal this nation requires that we share in the wealth of the country, which will somehow show a sense of economic restoration Justice. This one says Responsibility before rights Ubuntu without greed and Govern the people with respect That's what we need. Temba says You need to stop opening old wounds And take action against corruption and Cronyism, but the leaders blame The past in order to keep the Not so clever people on their side Claire NPE, we need To stop all corruption and let the Tax money be used uh, to better The lives of all South Africans Not just a a few fat cats who benefit from tenders and political connection south africans do not hate other africans they merely fail to accept responsibility for the desperate situations they find themselves in stop the corruptions and life will improve that's from claire in pe well prof what's your response to some of these the voices
2: that are coming out very clearly um, speak about corruption and and this really has something to do with leadership. Leadership matters. One of your callers I think it was Monrie um, referred to the Zimbabwean strategy of education of educating uh, their people after the independence in that country. Many Zimbabweans we know are here in our country, and they, they, they are a cut above in terms of experience of, of education. But what has happened in their country is something that we are full of shame about as, as, as our neighbors. Uh, the Zimbabwean leaders uh, have really destroyed the soul of their country, and so leadership does matter. This problem uh, of corruption is at the core of this notion of a lack of caring. You know, one of the Facebook uh, uh, um, uh, respondents spoke about the, the lack of genuine caring leadership. This is important because what it, what it portrays, what leadership portrays, is uh, this kind of leadership portrays is a little concern about the notion of public goods leaders ought to behave in a way that shows caring and responsibility for their people. So this is a very big issue in Mm -hmm. our country right now. If if there are many other issues, for instance, the issue of parenting that one of the callers referred to, the families, many families are broken. And that has a long history back into apartheid when the whole cultural fabric was destroyed by, you know, by migrant labor, by forced removal of people over the decades, families have been destroyed. The notion of family, the structure of family, which is to say also the the center that holds a culture of a society, has been broken. And so this needs to be restored and how to do it. Some of it, of course may be maybe, uh, um, beyond any any repair in terms of brokenness, but you can pick up the pieces by ensuring that the next generation is a generation that has command of their lives, has skills, opportunities are open to them, they can participate in the world. If you can fix the education as a first step, fix the education system, fix the teachers' who teach our children in our schools so that they are committed to the, to the pupils and, and the learners first rather than to a political ideology. If you can fix all these things, then perhaps you can begin to create some sense of, uh, of, of solidarity in, in communities and a sense of a future for many of our young people. That needs to happen. We need to ensure that the young people today... Children today have a future, and the way that we can start doing that is by focusing on education, education, education. Many of the callers have referred to that.
0: And, of course, the question then, will education be that silver bullet um, to restore people's dignity? So we're asking all of these questions, um, uh, which are sub-questions to our main question this morning. What will it take to heal our nation? And that's what we're hearing you on at the moment. 891 is the number to dial. Christopher in Johannesburg, thanks so much for holding.
5: Yeah, thank you. Good morning. Um, can you hear me? Clearly. Great. I would like to say firstly that, that I agree with the professor that the PRC is a very important starting point for us to consider. But I also want to, in light of the focus on leadership, for us to remember that there was a, 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 a big problem with the way that the PRC was constructed. Firstly, it looked at only individuals, low-ranking individuals within the system who had abused uh, people, and so they were called to the TRC to to confess their crimes. And the TRC had this very workable solution, which was confess so that people can forgive and that then out of that confession can come reparations. Now, if we only deal with the individuals, small, low-level individuals, there's no way that that is going to heal the, the systemic problem that exists. And if one looks at the corruption that exists in society, and we have to go a bit further back and say that in order to get to the TRC, there was a deal made at an elite level in which they agreed on what the parameters of uh, the, 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 the new system would be. And in that, they agreed that the systemic problems would be ignored in favor of this um, focus on individuals. So in essence, at the TRC, we did not hear the system as a whole uh, take responsibility We did not hear anglo american uh, say or the deer say that we have been complicit in the exploitation, the killing, the murder uh, of people. We did not hear that. And so we could not, in other words, construct a solution for
0: South Africa because we didn't deal with the true causes. Okay, that's uh, Christopher in Johannesburg. And that is something that has been coming through very strongly, not just this morning, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, for quite some time on the show. And that is that we need to have a conversation about, you know, what happened during CODESA and uh, during the TRC, because, you know, clearly people are asking many questions at this point about the deals that were struck. At that juncture. So we need to revisit those and we shall make time to address those issues. Robin and Durban, good morning. Good
6: morning, Zakina, and morning, Prof. Madikizela. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, morning. I'd like to just pick up on Prof. Madikizela's last comments on the brokenness of the country. I think she's struck on an extremely important point, and obviously, the legacy of apartheid is one that. We we know all about is a terrible one, but I think we must also look at the brokenness caused by other things, which I'm really concerned about. The one is the HIV/AIDS um, loss of parenting. I think we have large numbers of of growing children and adolescents who have not had the nurturing care and love of parents, which worries me terribly because I recall wonderful nurturing and care from mine. Um, I think a country that that doesn't love its people, and I know that sounds rather cruel to say, but I think that that loving a government that loves its country upholds the dignity of its people, and the dignity of our people is not being upheld because there is so much poverty. Um, and we're re- I know we've been recycling all these things on on, on this morning's conversation, but. We really need to to address these things. And one of them, uh, my biggest concern is education. I think that there's far too much uh, focus on, on university education and there's not enough focus on training
0: people in basic skills. Mm-hmm. And um, unfortunately, we just uh, lost Robin there because, you know, I wanted to ask a few more questions about this uh, notion of justice and economic justice and, and, and what exactly that entails. Uh, can we come up with concrete solutions to this particular problem? But clearly, people feel that, you know, in order to have their dignity restored, there needs to be a sense of justice. And uh, this, of course, in the light of some saying, well, we just need to move on. But how do you move on when there are so many questions left unanswered Lorraine in Morningside in KZN good morning. Good morning to you Sakina and your listeners and thanks for taking my calls. I have so
1: much to say but i just like to reiterate what you just said in many of the callers. We've been talking about these challenges for so long now and there just doesn't seem to be a light at the end of the tab- tunnel and I'm optimistic we are The people who love each other, we don't show it most of the time. We seem happy on the outside, but deep down there's a sense of deep healing that we need as a nation. And if you think the xenophobia was bad, um, you have to look deep and see how we as different ethnic groups are not at peace with each other. We pretend to a larger scale, and that's something that needs to be redressed or address. And as far as Africa is concerned, I strongly feel that the African Union is not doing enough. If, if you look at what's happening in Burundi now, uh, what's ultimately going to happen is those people who can't live in their country are going to come to South Africa um, and take the risk of being deported or face xenophobia again. God forbid that that should happen. But on another note, I'd just like to say, and I'm deviating here from what we're talking about, I'm surprised at your channel that uh, you haven't got hold of the news of what's happening in Israel and the turmoil there between uh, Jewish people and Ethiopian Israelis. And that's what I have to say for now. As I said, I have plenty to say, but there's just not enough Mm. time. I'm going to give some other people a chance, but thank you.
0: Thank you so much, Lorraine. And um, if you were listening this morning uh, the, during uh, what you were, uh, while you were sleeping, we actually did cover that particular story. And I'm sure we will um, follow up on it as well. But as Lorraine was saying, we digress. Let's bring it back. What will it take to heal our nation? That's the question we're grappling with right now. George in Cape Town, good morning.
7: Uh, morning, Sakina. Hello. Yes, George. Uh, Many of your guests have correctly pointed out to the issue of economic justice, and you have asked for practical measures. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, this neoliberal policies we've been following for the last 20 years has actually done the opposite to our country. Instead of building a caring, sharing society, we've caused, you know, rising unemployment and inequality. So what are the solutions? We need to look at economic alternatives, and they are out there, and people need to engage with them. We need to look at a public banking system. We need to look at a reserve bank that works for the people of this country. We need to look at a basic income for people, a basic citizen's income. We need to look at uh, tax reform. We don't tax income and value added. We tax the land on the base on its value. We have a financial transactions tax. We need to build a caring, sharing society for a sus- in a sustainable way because we, the whole world is in a parlous state throughout the world and governments have to start at home mm-hmm. with following alternative economic policies.
0: All right. Uh, that's a practical example there from George and Cape Town. Uh, let's hear from Saskia in Jeffreys Bay. Good morning, Saskia.
8: Good morning. Um, I found you last week and got very hot under the collar about education, and it just feels like the same conversation is happening again. Um, I just feel so, so strongly about education, and education gives you self-confidence. It gives you options. It gives you choices. It takes away the... The sort of um, the shame that comes with not having a future and not having those choices and options. I told you about the the children that I see in the Eastern Cape who grow up on farms and who get a very sort of inadequate education and they leave school and they've got absolutely no hope, no future, no choices, and they sit at home. And, you know, there's that old saying that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago and the next best time is today and that's the way i feel about education they didn't do it 20 years ago they didn't they didn't absolutely focus on equipping people the whole nation they would have they could have had a whole generation of well educated confident youngsters coming out now but they didn't but why not start today and if you're talking about conversations let's have that conversation let's get all the leading educationists in this country, no matter what color or creed or background, let's get them together and work out how we can fix the education system so that at least the children that are coming through the system now, when they emerge, will have the confidence and the tools and the skills to go and make a life for themselves and contribute not only to themselves and their own personal wealth, but to the country's wealth. And, you know, That's that's the conversation that needs to be had. It is absolutely the fundamental thing. There's no point in looking back at what happened at the TRC. That's the past. Let's create a future and let's talk about equipping the the future people of this country with uh, the skills and the confidence and the training and the education that's needed for them to become part of the economy and to become threatening people and not just loitering and wondering where they're going to get their next meal.
0: All right. Thank you so much. Uh, that was Saskia in uh, Jeffreys Bay. So, uh, Prof, looking at what people are saying, they say we need to have conversations, and one would hope these would be honest probing authentic conversations about what Saskia was saying about education um some people were talking about uh, perhaps looking at what went wrong in you know the founding of this democracy talking about the likes of um, Kodessa and also what happened uh, uh, during the TRC but there are other conversations as well that need to be had about perhaps alternative uh, economic uh, systems and uh, so on and so forth so uh, your response to that prof
2: Well, it's clear that this issue needs to be addressed at several levels, that there is no one approach that will resolve the question that you're posing to us this morning. One of the issues that concerns me and I think is also very important is the problem of leadership in our country. You know, everything is so politicized. The ANC leadership, uh, if you look at uh, the labor uh, uh, organization, organizations, the teachers who form themselves into into, uh, into uh, groups that support the ANC, everything is so, every sector is so politicized. Even ordinary grassroots levels, uh, level uh, um, it, uh, um, interventions, They are politicized because the leaders are are doing a self-serving. Their leadership is a self-serving leadership rather than one that is focusing on the public, on doing things for the public good. And that is the missing link in all what is going Mm. on, that unless we we cultivate new leaders with a moral clarity about where we want to go as a country, then... All of these issues that you are raising this morning, and even if you begin engaging with them, they're going to come to naught because the, 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 the ANC leadership has betrayed our people and con- continues to betray our people by being self-serving, by, by engaging in a leadership that is self-serving. The issue but have of the not humiliation and
0: depravity is, is, excuse me? Do the people not betray themselves then? Well, well, no, I don't think so. Because you see,
2: people are powerless. People, well, there is a degree of power because people are engaging right now in deep Kloof. People are protesting. That is the power people have. But the, the approach to how they engage uh, with 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 these issues that frustrate them is, is the way that they demonstrate their their frustration is because they 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 lack the resources. That can meaningfully uh, improve their circumstances. They resort to violence because that's the only language they have. And they resort to violence because the government does not seem to care. And that is the basic issue, Sakina, that if the government begins to really be concerned about improving the lives of people rather than enriching themselves and, and, and just simply engaging in leadership because they want power, if they begin to be concerned about people in the way that we have seen in our leadership through Nelson Mandela. I mean, I'm sorry to be bringing Nelson Mandela again. People say, oh, you know, we should start moving forward now. But we have to do that because it demonstrated this clear vision of morality, of moral leadership. That is what is lacking to me. Mm. People are in pain. They are suffering. They, are, they feel a deep sense of humiliation and shame. And all what you see is an expression, and that is trauma that what we see around our country, not only in the xenophobic violence, but in in the everyday violence in our communities, this is a sign that people feel a deep sense of unfinished business.
0: All right. Uh, Here are some alternative views uh, from uh, two people who sent in SMSs, uh, essentially saying that we can't just look, to government Um, uh, Anthony says look around and see what you can heal in your own community stop looking to the state and Stephen in Durban says we need to stop blaming blaming apartheid blaming the government blaming poverty different races etc only once we take responsibility for our lives will we have success those are two uh, contrary views there
2: People do take responsibility, Sakina, but they need resources to do that. If, if they are operating from the level of depravity, it is difficult for people to every time to take two steps forward and forward and then the three step backwards because of the level of depravity that they experience in their communities. Government has an impo- has a responsibility, and that is important. so People also have a responsibility, but people need to do this in a, in a, in a context where they are supported, where there are resources. And if there is none of that, then they feel a sense of betrayal and they act out their frustration mm. in the ways that we have seen
0: in our country. Let's just run through a last batch of callers very quickly. Pat in Durban, good morning. Hello, Zakina. Thank you for taking my call. I'll
8: make two very quick points. The first one I'd like to make is that the ANC's policy during the struggle was liberation before education. And school children and young people were allowed to run wild. They were taught to run wild, burning libraries, burning schools, butchering everything in sight. And this is one of the legacies that we left with, because this generation now, one later from that, we've got children who are uneducated, we've got their children who are now uneducated, and this is a lot of children. People can't get jobs. The second point I'd like to make is: less. You talk about a brutal regime where the people are coming from. Uh, less than two hundred years ago, when Shaka Zulu's mother died, there was a frenzy of slaughtering, where seven thousand people were slaughtered on that day. Um, now you talk about brutality. I don't think the past regime had anything like that in their history. Now, how did people recover from that? What kind of TRC was there after that, or is there healing for the people to recover from that?
0: Thank you, Christina. Uh, I you just so much. wanted
8: to make those
2: two points.
0: And now that's Pat in Durban. Uh, 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 Prof, what's your response to Pat?
2: Well, uh, I mean, Pat is looking at 200 years ago. I mean, if you look at uh, over the, the just the 1980s, the extent of violation of our communities that happened under apartheid—that is more recent than 200 years ago—and that 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 history of violation and destroying of communities in the 1980s still lives with us. Not only that, Sakina, there were thousands of young white men who went into the army and were sent to communities to engage in the destruction that was apartheid's systematic policy those men walk around us today they they had been to Mozambique to Angola to Namibia they are parents of children who are of young people today who are probably young adults today there's been no conversation about that at all and so we we are when someone says that we our souls have, have been destroyed. That conversation, sharing our narratives about the stories of trauma on all sides of our historical past needs to happen. We should not look two hundred years ago. We should look into the more recent history and to look think about who are we as a society? What is our history? What is our history? What is our, our history of violation and violence? And therefore, what is our history of trauma? And I think if we begin to also include that in the conversation about what, how we need to heal, that is a conversation that also needs to happen.
0: And just to wrap it up, Tando MN says, I feel we need a new language in which we can speak and listen to one another's trauma and um, KGM says the discourse should also be uh, at an, on indigenous radio stations so that indigents can participate, not only the affluent and also going on to say that we are dishonest uh, in our conversations and that is not helping uh, the situation. Well, that's where we have to leave it. Uh, Professor Pumla. Koboto Madigizela. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Thank you, Sakina. And uh, she is, of course, Senior Research Professor in Trauma, Memory, and Forgiveness at the University of the Free State. And uh, to our listeners, fantastic participation as always, and to the production team, thanks for putting it all together. We'll be back tomorrow between uh, 6 and 9 a.m. Right now, though, it's 9 o'clock and time for news with Vabakshini Chetty Miller.